0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Mechanics. I'm Katie, and with me, as always, is... Hey, guys, what's going on? It is Jason. I'm going to admit right now, we're recording this at night. I'm so tired. Last night, uh, Jason and I went to see the Alice Cooper in concert. And if that doesn't date us, I don't know what does. But it was awesome.
1: I mean, we weren't really alive when he started playing music, but... That's true. The concert was awesome, yes.
0: It was so good. And so I just constantly have Alice Cooper songs running through my head now. But um, I am too old to stay up that late and then teach an eight o'clock class.
1: <laughs> That's true. Ace Freely was also there. But I mean, I like Ace. His show was not that great. But Alice was good.
0: Yeah. I mean, Ace wasn't bad. He was pretty funny. Um, and he, I, you know, I like the songs that he picked. But compared to Alice's show, holy crap, not even the same like stratosphere. It was so yeah. good.
1: Yeah. He played a lot of Kiss songs, which was nice. So there was that. <laughs>
0: yeah. But Alice was super good. So if I start talking crazy, crazier than normal, <laughs> it's sleep deprivation. Yeah. Or if I just start quoting Alice Cooper lyrics, you know that I've been thinking thinking about Feed My Frankenstein and... <laughs> bed of nails
1: that could be a good possibility just busting into
0: <laughs> lips are venomous po- poison I love is a bed of nails anyway.
1: so there's a little alice cooper for everybody
0: are we gonna get a copyright strike for that
1: no it's probably bad enough that they won't,
0: uh, <laughs> they won't even recognize it as like alice's this. song <laughs> i feel like we'd come to an agreement i feel like alice is reasonable
1: yeah he would probably be like yeah they're fine like four people listen to their thing, they're fine.
0: I'd love to have him on the show. He has his own radio show too. Oh my gosh, I'm dreaming too big. We're just pretty okay here. <laughs>
1: yeah, let's not let's not shoot for the stars right now. <laughs>
0: also, I think that that's a good theme—an Alice Cooper board game.
1: That would be cool. I would play that.
0: Like I would make it like a mix of like Tricurian and like thirteen,
1: thirteen, dead end drive.
0: Exactly. It's like he read <laughs> my mind. That's so creepy.
1: People getting beheaded and stuff falling on right, them. Right. Cause <laughs>
0: you're like setting up the show, like in Trichurion, like you're setting up the tricks. So you're like, okay, well, we need a fake Alice head. We need a guillotine. You know, like we need to have rehearsal.
1: That would be sweet. I would play that game.
0: Coming soon <laughs> to a board game <laughs> store near you.
1: Yeah. If it does, I'm like, hey, somebody listen to our podcast. We
0: knew it. All right. That's enough of that nonsense. Let's go into our first segment. Um, And talk about crowdfunding, slash Kickstarter, slash news. And the first game that I saw on Kickstarter that really caught my eye, and it's only because I saw that it's from the makers of Awkward Guests, and that game is called Scandal O. That name is stupid.
1: That is really dumb. It should be like, oh, scandal. That would be better. Yeah, it's real dumb.
0: No, it should be like, muckrakers or something. Or scandalous or whatever. So anyway, the reason it's named Scandalo, I mean other than being completely stupid name, but it's the idea that you are an investigative journalist. And so you're trying to figure out which of these like of a set of like five celebrities is hiding like a dirty secret. And so what that secret is, and you've gotta get resources because you can't like you gotta figure out like what specific resources went into their scandal. Um, You've got to, I think, like find a newspaper to actually print, run your story once you figure out the scandal. Um, So it's using that same deck system, the awkward guesses, which is an insane thing. Um, It's totally crazy because there's like 250 numbered cards in it. And so uh, this one also has an app that you tell it how difficult you want the game to be. And I think there's seven levels of difficulty on this one. And then it tells you what cards to pull to play the game. It's insane. I don't get it. They call it Brilliant Deck System for a reason. Like, the game has more than 3,200 solutions.
1: Yeah, the deck part of that game is amazing. Like, I don't understand it. That's some serious science and math going on in there.
0: Yes. Um, Another neat thing about this is that it the cards are actually language independent. Because it's just... The cards have basic iconography. So you can play this no matter the language, which I think is cool. Um, and so it's that deduction. It's very similar to Awkward Guests from what I can tell, um, just kind of a different theme. So if you liked Awkward Guests or you like the idea of being an investigative journalist and there's like kooky um, like cartoon artwork um you can also play this solo one to six players check out scandalo there are 5 days left on that kickstarter and um the base pledge is 38 bucks i wonder how it works with no words that's interesting it's like iconography so it's just like the picture and then like remember how on Guest, like every person has like a letter oh right 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 that represents yeah, them true. so it's similar to right. that and like all the motives have a certain type of icon that indicate them it's just like that I mean, you won't play with like the full theme, but you be like, oh, no eyes here, uh, no cash here, no money here. So that kind of thing. The next game, I do not know why I even hearted this on Kickstarter. I think because it's a dice placement game and I really like dice placement, but I really hate space. So watch out, people. I'm talking about a space game and this game is called Solo Sphere Solar Sphere. Gosh, the game is called Solar Sphere, Harness the Power of the Sun. Um, This is from Drana Games. They did another game like with the word solar in it. But this is different. I think the other one was cooperative. So in Solar Sphere, you are working on like an open contract to make a solar sphere to help harness the power of the sun to kind of advance the civilization. I don't know if it tells you what planet you're on. I actually did not read that. That's Bob's my. planet doesn't matter yeah, of course it doesn't matter to you but I actually don't think it says so um, there's a couple of things going on you're using dice placement to like go to these different spots on the actual like planet surface or maybe you're building it on the sun huh because that board looks like the sun so you're putting your dice are like your drones kind of they're your workers so they can go on the solar sphere to actually build parts and there's so there's a, a like an area majority kind of t- thing going on there But you also can use them to fight the resistance. So there is a resistance group that doesn't, you know, want this big corporate kind of thing to happen. So they're going to actually fight against you so you can fight them. Um, You also can hire crew. I think you have three at a time that are going to help you do different things. They can kind of help you with like an engine type situation. Um, You're also kind of, you've got, um, I don't want to say reputation. Your crew has morale, that you can spend in order to get kind of favors from the corporation, but you don't want your morale to go too low, because that's not going to work out well for you. Um, There is a solo mode that I think it has an app because it uses an AI system to imitate a second player. Um, And it's got like three different levels of difficulty. So you solo gamers, you could play this too. Yeah, um, Solar Storm was their first game. And it was cooperative and you had to escape the storm. This one is competitive and you're harnessing the power of the sun. And so you can kind of go about it in different ways. Like you can gain morale. um, You can work on deploying your ships and drones to um, actually build the sphere. Or you can you also get um, bonuses from like points from fighting the resistance Um, And you have to kind of manage your dice then to, like, reuse them or get benefits from them. Your crew can also give you benefits. um, So getting the right ones is good. Um, So you're getting victory points through all those different things. And, like, the sphere itself has different scoring conditions each time. So there's some good replayability on that. Um, And, like... When you do all these different things, you get faction icons that also do end of game scoring. So you're kind of trying to keep a balance between the different factions um, to like optimize points. So it seems like there's a lot of kind of cool stuff going on in this, even though it's a space game that I hate. But I do really love dice placement. So if you're interested in dice placement, if you like space, it looks like multiple paths to victory to me, which I also love. They're like, oh, it's so highly thematic. I don't know how dice are thematic in um, building a solar sphere, but whatever. Cool. You do you. Um, So if you're interested in that, check it out. Solar sphere. It has five more days left on Kickstarter. And the base pledge is $45.
1: Dice are very thematic. I'm sure the people at NASA are rolling dice every time they make a decision.
0: It's a lot of chance. (laughs) Yeah. Did you look at this one?
1: Solar sphere? Yeah. No, I didn't look at this. I've never... I did it. I don't even think I remember seeing it on the Kickstarter page. So yeah, I, for some reason, I don't see a bunch of stuff on my Kickstarter when I browse it. And then you talk about stuff all the time. I'm like, I didn't even look at that.
0: You just don't browse as intently as I do.
1: Apparently not. Yeah, I, I you're probably right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I just figured you almost always know about the dice placement games. So that's why I was surprised you hadn't.
1: No, I I've never. I mean, I'm, I'm going to check it out now because I do like dice placement. I think the theme is a little eh, but I do like dice placement.
0: Yeah, my last one has nothing to do with board games at all. <laughs> uh, Mike brought this to my attention, and I decided since it's my podcast and it's about something I love, I'm going to talk about it. And so, the last thing on Kickstarter news I want to talk about is Anna Green Gables Vampire Hunter. I love Anna Green Gables. I also really actually enjoy these kind of like mashups, like horror mashups that have been happening with public domain works um, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, Sense and Sensibility and Sea Monsters. I've read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies more than once and seen the movie, and it is incredibly clever. And the Anne of Green Gables Vampire Hunter looks like it's no different, although the Kickstarter kind of targets it towards like children 9 to 11, which I, I think as a, it's a, a middle reader, the original Anne of Green Gables, so I don't know why. Um, they're still trying to do that with this one.
1: What's a middle reader mean?
0: Like, as far as, like, it's a chapter book. It's not hard, but it's not. So it's like that middle eight, like, not quite middle school, but it's not a beginning reader, and it's not advanced. Oh, I got you. All right. So this takes Bram Stoker's Dracula, which is public domain, and Anna Green Gables, which apparently now is also public domain. They were published a mere 11 years apart. So they're kind of using that to mix them up. The count, widow countess Mrs. Harker, so if you know anything about vampire stories, Mrs. Harker is always um, associated with the vampires. She so shows up. She's got this condition that makes her allergic to the sun and um, suddenly like people are like enthralled by her and even Gilbert and um, he's eating bugs now and like all these things are kind of happening. And so now Anne is is going to apparently turn to a vampire hunter. There's also a stretch goal that they include like a stage play for like a middle school drama or something, which I think is crazy interesting. I don't know if it's going to fund, which is sad. And I think part of that is the marketing. But oh my gosh, like I'm so intrigued. If you like Anne of Green Gable's or if you like vampire stories, I would definitely say check this out. If you want like a hardcover version of the book, that's 31 bucks. But if you just want like an ebook version, I am old and I like to feel the book in my hands. But if you are like, ah, just I'll do it on an e-reader, on my phone, you know, on my Kindle, whatever. The ebook is only 12 bucks. So check that out. Anne Green Gables Vampire Hunter. There's six days left. Um, I'm interested to see where this this could go. <laughs>
1: I feel mean, like what a sto- like what a career path. I don't know what she did originally, but now all of a sudden she wants to be a vampire hunter. <laughs>
0: no, she's young still. She doesn't have a career.
1: So is it in the same storyline as like the old ones?
0: Yeah. Because oh. she still has like her teacher and Prissy and Josie Pie and
1: I mean obviously I've never read them. That should be no surprise to anybody. But
0: <sighs> I I can't tell you the number of times I've read them. Um, so the fact that they're doing something different. And I know some people might see this as like a bastardization of Anna Green Gables, but I, I'm i into it. I think it's creative. Yeah. It's cool. I'm into it. So yeah, if you're weird like me, check out Anna Green Gables Vampire Hunter. And that ends my segment on crowdfunding. <laughs>
1: Alright, so we only played a couple games this last week. Uh, Our normal uh, game group that we have with our new hotness buddy, our schedules got shifted around a little bit, so we can't quite have that as much as we have been, which is once a week. So we might not have as many games to talk about in this section, but we do have two, so we'll just jump right in. Uh, The first one we're going to talk about is a game that we backed on Kickstarter. We've played it, and I've done a video of it. It's on our YouTube channel, and it's called Moonshine Empire. So we were pretty excited when we backed this because it's about making moonshine and delivering it through the swamp. And that's a pretty cool theme that you don't see in a ton of games. But what this game is, is effectively pick-up-and-deliver game. You're going to your camp, you're making moonshine in your stills, you may moonlight to get some money so you can upgrade your camp with new vehicles, different kind of uh, powers for your vehicles or for your people. Um, and then you're trying to take that moonshine that you've made, either age it to make it better, or then... Or just put it on your people and in your cars to try to get it to the center of the the board, which is Pappy's house, to sell it to Pappy and or different customers that you have on your board. But you got to be careful because sometimes you'll hit some tricky people who live in the swamp who make you get stuck in that area, or you may get eaten by a gator or arrested by the fuzz. So you got to be careful when you're traveling the swamp with moonshine.
0: The five o. Uh, I don't think they call them. I'm think they call them the fuzz.
1: Okay, five in- o. The fuzz, police. Law. The law. Yeah, I don't know what they'd call them in the swamp, because I'm not from the swamp. But um, yeah, it's a pickup and deliver game. Has really nice production. Really nice vehicles. It's got meeples that you can clip into the vehicles. And they can also hold the little chits of moonshine, which is really cool. The gator can fit moonshine in his mouth. I like all the production. Has a nice tray that holds everything. Board is really nice looking. I like it all. So um, I've played this a, a couple times by myself, and I played it once with Katie. And what did you think about Moonshine Empire on our one play at two, which I don't think is the best player count, but that's what we got.
0: Look at you talking about production like you care. That's hilarious.
1: It's nice. It looks nice. It is. I don't. I don't hate production. I just don't want to pay extra for it.
0: <laughs> well, and that's why I really wanted to back this one is because I thought the production was so cool looking. Um, yeah, all the little vehicles. You got your ATVs. You got your airboats to go through the swamp. You got your pickups. Um, and your rowboats and all your people can fit right in there, which I think is awesome. Um, and your little little jugs of moonshine that you could put in their hands, put in the gator's mouth, stick in the boat—that's really cool. Um, I really liked this, and at first I was like, "I'm going downhill real fast." Partly, yes, I was playing with the vehicles, um, but also because it seems so easy. I make moonshine in the still with my people. I take the people in the moonshine and I put them in a vehicle and I drive them to get to Pappy's house. But it's not that simple because you're really trying to make almost like a production chain. Um, Your people themselves have movement as well as the vehicles. So you can move the person. You can have the person in the vehicle, move the vehicle, then the person can jump out and keep going. And so... You don't really own the vehicles; they just kind of hang out in the swamp. So leaving them there for later um, is like a really good strategy. So having different types of vehicles that have different amounts of movement at key places on the board is is really crucial to moving your moon, moonshine well. Um, winning the auctions to get good upgrades to your like I don't know, moonshine empire, basically, yes, is. Yeah also important. um, Because then oh, I can move more or I can care my people can carry more than one jug. So suddenly getting fulfilling bigger orders becomes a lot easier. Um, Keeping your goals in mind, like I just think there is a lot of good stuff going on here. And I feel like which is that one play I didn't begin to scratch the surface. Um, I didn't mind it at two, but I could see the benefit of playing with more players because they're also abandoning vehicles and things all over the board. So being able to have their rowboat nearby that you can jump in after you rode your ATV to the end of the land, but you need to go on water now um, is really helpful. And then that makes for a little more like competition, a little more strategy there. Um, How are you going to go? What are you going to do? I I think it's, I think it's a really great game. I'm really excited about it.
1: Yeah, it's, That puzzle of delivering is really tricky because it seems like, well, I can just go. I can just drive. But you can't drive your truck on the the water. You can't drive your ATV on the water. Your stupid rowboat only moves one. So just trying to get everything into position is tricky. But, yeah, the reason I wanted to play it more players is for what you said. If a third player comes in and they're starting to drive over in my territory and they leave their ATV there, well, I can ride my ATV to their ATV, jump off onto their ATV, and drive it into Pappy's. So I just think that would be might give you a little more options of doing some stuff with the vehicles. But yeah, I do like it. it it's inter- interesting. The first couple rounds are a little punishing, but after that, it kind of explodes.
0: Well, with just the with nice. t- just the two of us, we basically stayed away from each other on the board.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, we were just doing our own thing.
0: So there'd be a lot more player interaction at a higher count as well.
1: Yeah, and it's not super take that. The most take that would be. Like you can win some auctions where you can steal some stuff from players or you can take the cars that they've abandoned. That's effectively it. Um, It's not like you can just go screw people over and all that kind of thing. You got to work for it if you're going to do that.
0: You can go raid their camp, but...
1: Yeah, but you got to work for it. You got to take moves and get over there.
0: And so you're wasting time not delivering your moonshine while you're trying to go bust up their stuff. I just don't think that's a good strategy.
1: Yeah, you could do it. Yeah, you're going to be set back around probably. All right, so, yeah, that's Moonshine Empire. Well, I said we're probably going to do a live play, but I need to make sure Katie's cool with that. Um, But we'll try to do a live play of this sometime on Facebook, and then I'll put it on YouTube when we're done, just so you can kind of see how it works and see if it's something you want to check out.
0: Yeah, I'm sure we'll play it, and, like, I'll lose after I just decimated you the last time we played.
1: Yeah, it was terrible. I did awful.
0: (laughs) I don't know what you were doing. I thought
1: I clearly wasn't doing anything.
0: I was confused. I'm like, are we playing the same game? (laughs) Because...
1: I was getting a lot of negative points. I was collecting beggars like in Agricola. Hmm.
0: Because then you're like, wait, you said, oh, okay, I've got like so many points and money. And I'm like, oh, I have like double that, man.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I didn't have any money. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so going on from moving uh, Moonshine to Pappy, we wanted to go play a game that takes place in space. We didn't want to. I kind of wanted to play it because I've heard it was good. Okay. it's called...
0: I didn't want to. Somebody else forced me to do it. I just were like, oh, we're playing this? Okay.
1: Yeah. So we set it up and Katie played it. Well, Chris set it up and I put the girls to bed and then Katie played it. <laughs> uh, and it's called Space Base. So at its simplest form, this is Machi Koro with a space theme. You're rolling some dice and you're using the the results of those dice to produce different spaceships that are on this board ranging from 1 to 12. The difference with this one between from Machi Koro is you can use the dice as a total. So if I rolled a two and a six, I could use eight or I could use the two or I could use the six. So I have three possibilities possibly of dice that I want to use for production. And then once you do that, you're allowed to buy some new cards to upgrade your spaces, which is going to let you then have more possibilities of producing goods on other people's turns. So it functions similarly to Machi Koro. It might be a little faster. It's smoother. Um, It's, as fun, I think, as Machi Koro because you're still at the mercy of the dice. But yeah, it's, I enjoy playing it. What do you think about Space Space?
0: Um, I actually didn't mind it. I think the space theme is really thin, so that helps save it for me because we all know how I feel about space games. It's um, like
1: non-existent. There's no theme.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I like that you can like specialize in different ways or focus on different things and still kind of arrive with you know, a decent strategy. Like I, again, you, I, I love that multiple to victory. And I think that that's there. And it's nice that I can kind of do my own thing. It doesn't really matter to me what you're doing, except for your dice roll. And so right, then yeah. I take care of that myself on your turn. Um, I, I like that there's kind of motivation then to diversify what you've got so that you can get things in other people's turns. So in some ways that reminds me a little bit of dice forge. Um, which I like that idea. So I thought that I thought it was I thought it was pretty good. Like it's it's not difficult by any means, but I I would play it again for sure. I would probably rather play this over Machi Koro.
1: Yeah, I think I would too. It it was quicker, and I I like the way that you upgraded the cards better because in Machi Koro there could be sometimes when you don't even have any of those numbers just because of the way the cards came out and all that. And I I don't really love that. So at least in this you have every number something. So if you on your turn, you might be able to. You're going to be able to produce something. Um, it is a race to 40 points that triggers the end of the game. I did trigger the end of the game, but then me and Katie were tied, and I don't want to talk about what happened after that. Oh um,
0: yeah, I won in that good tiebreaker.
1: Yeah, you had more points than me. I think at the end, right? I did. Yeah, we you play an extra round, and then it, you see who has the most points. And of course, Katie had the most points.
0: Felt good. Felt real good.
1: But I did make it to 41st, so I'm counting that as a half win, a oh, 0.5 please. win. I'm
0: sharing that with you.
1: I don't say you have to share it. You had one win. I had 0.5 win.
0: No, you don't get any of the win. I get the win.
1: <laughs> okay. Your win has an asterisk, because so I get
0: 0.5. No. Stop trying to step on my win. <laughs> but I right, so
1: So that is a couple of the games we played. So let's just move on to this week's topic. <laughs>
0: All right, so here in the Midwest, at least, it is harvest time, and it's one of my favorite times of year. I have loved really growing up kind of in a, an agrarian area where you know the chains and seasons by when you see the, the fields get plowed, the corn and the beans go in, when they start growing, you look for knee-high by the 4th of July, and then when fall comes, it is harvest time. Combines, tractors, grain trucks everywhere. I love that. And so I thought, you know what? Everyone talks about there's lots of farming games in theme out there for board games. So why don't we look at games that have to do with harvesting? So we picked three games that have harvest as a, pro- as a pretty main component to the game. It may not be the entire push of the game but it's at least a pretty you know significant part of the game so jace do you want to get started
1: yep so i'm actually going to start with two games because one is effectively the dice version of the other one and my games are um, spirits of the rice patty and or rice dice same kind of game you're doing the same kind of thing but the reason i picked this is this game is all about harvesting you need to harvest rice to get the points Because every rice that you harvest is points at the end of the game. And it's also the money throughout the game. So you're trying to plant the rice in the patty. You're trying to get it watered. You're trying to make sure there's no bugs in it. You're trying to fertilize it. And you're trying to get this patty to produce as much rice as possible. So you can harvest it and score those points. So when when the harvesting came up, Spirits of the Rice Patty was one of the first ones that I thought about. And I wanted to put Rice Dice 2 because I've played that one a little more. But it still gives you the same kind of feel as the Spirits of the Rice Patty. So... Those are my number one. Spirits of the Rice Patty, Rice Dice.
0: Yeah, I like this game for a couple reasons. Like, PDB, number one. like that guy a lot. Good dude. Um, local-ish. Um, and also, I don't think that there's really a lot of games with this theme. And it's a theme that affects a large population of the world.
1: That's true. A lot of people eat rice. <laughs>
0: right. So I think it's really cool. Um, I think I'm terrible at this game, if I remember accurately. Um but I, I still think it's fun. It's really neat the way those mechanisms work. Uh, my first game is another planting and then harvesting game. And it is an oldie, but a goodie. And that is Bonanza. Is this Uve? Um, Uve.
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, an Uve game with really dorky artwork. Um, Bonanza. I, I
1: kind of like it. It is dorky, but I like it. <laughs> you, you
0: would. Bonanza <laughs> is about bean farming. You have. A number Two to three plots Generally two plots Where you can plant A certain type of bean You can only plant One type of bean At a time And there are chili beans There are cocoa beans There are um,
1: Stinky beans <laughs> Stinky
0: beans uh, Green beans What's the one
1: that's wax, like Wax, wax beans in,
0: What's the one that's like dizzy Like it's drunk It was drunk And it's hungover now
1: um, I don't know actually
0: I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, can't remember. bunch of beans, silly artwork. So in this game, you're planting beans in your field. You have to um, draw two cards from the stack and put them somewhere on your turn. So there's a lot of player interaction, bargaining, getting people to take beans, trade beans so that you can get the most of each type of a single type of bean and harvest it for the maximum amount of points. It is a fun, silly, super easy game um, that we actually haven't played in a while, and I kind of miss it. So when I thought about harvesting, I'm like, oh, dude, Bonanza, you're always trying to decide, is now the good time to harvest the beans? Can I hold out and possibly harvest them when I just get a few more so I can get a few more points? Um, So good. Good. Bonanza, my first choice. Bonanza is good.
1: And that uh, card play where you have to play the card in the order that they're in your hand, that's brutal. Like, So you're trying to make trades so you can clear out your hand of the stupid beans you don't need. Yeah, it's it's got some gamery mechanisms in it, but yes. at its heart, it's a silly trading planting <laughs> beans
0: game. Right.
1: All right, so my next one is not as silly as that, but it is about planting not beans, but peppers, because I love peppers. You're trying to plant peppers to make chili, and that game is called Scoville. So in this Mm -hmm. one, what you're doing is you're walking around this little um, farm plot and you're planting um, chilies, different colored chilies next to other chilies to cross breed or cross, not pollinate, but cross, I don't know, genetic things uh, (laughs) to make different types of chilies. So like if I mix a red with a yellow chili... I'm going to get an orange chili or is that the right? Yes. Orange chili. I was like, please don't be dumb. Yeah. I was like, okay. So you're trying to ultimately get like up to the ghost chili, which is this, this clear chili where you have to mix like a black and a white or two blacks. So you're just trying to figure out how to mix these two chilies together so you can harvest them to get the colors that you want. So you can make the proper recipes of chili to score the most points. It's a really weird theme that you're making a chili, a chili cook off, but I like it, but it's a lot of harvesting, a lot of, crossbreeding, different types of peppers to get the results that you want. So my number two, Scoville.
0: Yeah, I have only played this game, I think, once, maybe twice. And I think the look of it is interesting. I like the way, like, the colored peppers look. Like, it's just aesthetically pleasing to me. Um, But I always forget that, like, you're harvesting them. I'm just, like, trying to get the elusive colors I don't have. Uh, My next one is not planting beans or peppers, But instead, you're going to raise those plants a little bit higher, maybe on an arbor, because you're working with grapes in viticulture. There are several games that are about winemaking, but I feel like viticulture really clearly represents the harvest part of it, because you are getting your field, you're making sure it's ready for a particular type of grapes you have, you're planting the grapes, then at a particular point, you're going to harvest one or more fields. Those grapes, um, you know, get pressed, they get put in the the wine cellar, and they get aged. So you're actively planting those grapes, harvesting them um, through your worker placement actions. I really like this game. This is a good classic worker placement game. Um, I like that you pick uh, which which order you want to go in. So maybe get bonuses or decide what you really need to do. Um, I like... Is, is it the essential edition where you get the mamas and the papas?
1: Yeah, that's the one we have, here.
0: Yeah. Now I want to break out into like a mamas and the papas. All the leaves are all the leaves are brown and the sky is gray. Anyway, so viticulture, like, and then it's those use of like, then you've got your grande worker as well. Um, you've got these cards that can allow you to do really cool things because the worker placement is tight. You really don't have that many workers. It co- It's kind of costs a lot to get more workers. So you're always trying to do more on your turns outside of worker placement. It's just a really good game. It looks pretty in my opinion. Um, I like the way those little clear kind of beads show the age, um, of the wine, I just think it's a really great game, and you're harvesting grapes. My second choice is viticulture.
1: Yeah, this is a good one, and it's a a really good game, too. Really good game. All right, so normally you just harvest plants, because harvesting plants is the most common type of harvesting. But because we went and saw Alice Cooper, and (laughs) he was cutting heads off of things and all that kind of thing, I wanted to talk about another kind of harvesting. And it's a little darker, a little darker (laughs) than harvesting of beans and peppers. And it's about harvesting body parts, blood, bones, organs, animal parts. And this game is called Abomination, the Air of Frankenstein.
0: Feed so my Frankenstein.
1: We're trying to feed them by harvesting all these parts. <laughs> um, so what you're doing in this is it's a worker placement game. You're going around the di- uh, the city. I think we're in Paris, if I'm, I think that's correct. Or London, one of those two. You're going around the town and you're trying to maybe meet people in a dark alley to kill them so you can take fresh blood or fresh bones, fresh skin. Or maybe go to the morgue, take some smelly, stinky, rotting dead bodies to get body parts that are maybe not as good, but they're not as high risk. Or maybe you want to go to the hospital, someone's not quite dead, and maybe you just help them die so you can harvest their body parts. Or well, maybe you want to go to the town square. Somebody just got their head chopped off like Alice Cooper. And you want to take these really fresh body parts because they were just alive like a minute ago. And what you're trying to do is you're trying to use those body parts to create someone for a Frankenstein monster to hang out with so he's not lonely. That's the goal of the game. So you're trying to build your own version of a Frankenstein monster by stealing other people's or not stealing. That's the wrong word. Harvesting.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Of other people's body parts that they let you take against their will. Um So, yes. So, a little darker, but still harvesting. It's a different kind of harvesting, but we didn't really specify that up at the top. So, Abomination, the Air Frankenstein is my last one.
0: Yes, that takes place in Paris, by the by.
1: Yeah, I knew it was one of those towns over there somewhere. The
0: guillotine is quite famous in France. That might help.
1: Or at an Alice Cooper show.
0: Or at an Alice Cooper show. (laughs) He's been only chopping his head off for like 40 years.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It's It's been a staple for a long time. Still works.
0: Yeah, I think you are and you really are harvesting body parts because you're going to go get collect them from some place and make use of them in other ways like and trying to harvest them. Are you going to be a good moral person and say, OK, we we'll just get get the old. I mean, it's not really that moral to go grave robbing, but.
1: Yeah, nothing about this game is moral, really. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay i guess you're right you can help teach stuff in the name of science and people that, look at that, you better
1: that's true you can go to the church too and get stuff to make your morality go up
0: but it's it's worse if you're like going down to the docks and like just murdering people
1: the fuzz comes get you
0: yeah they don't like that but hey you need to harvest organs and my last one also takes a little spin on harvesting and it's a game that you don't hear about a lot from japanime games who we happen to like quite a bit. Um, And that game is Demon Worker. Demon Worker is a worker placement game where you are harvesting slime and other things, but you're also harvesting human souls as you feed these monsters and prepare for world domination as a demon. Uh, It it sounds like crazy, creepy. Abomination is way creepier than Demon Worker. (laughs)
1: That's true. Demon Worker has little silly cartoon art, so it kinda of brings it down a
0: yes, bit. Yes, it's a like silly cartoon art and when like you need to harvest souls to like power one of your creatures, it's like these little like smiley faces or something. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's like the iconography for souls. And like slime is like a blue little bloop or something. Um but this game is really fun. It's a great basic um worker placement game where um, if you want to go to the same spot as someone else, you have to pay more. So there's that kind of like, ooh, I want to be there first. Or like, am I going to kind of wager, you know, an extra of a different, a certain item in order to get more of this. Um, The monsters that you employ give you um, special powers. So which ones do you want to activate? Because you got to feed them. Um, And one of the ways you do that is Harvesting all kinds of gross things, including human souls. Awesome. So my last choice is demon worker.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting take on harvesting. The demons just got to get some bodies down in the hell, down in hell. You got to harvest those bodies, harvest those souls.
0: You're not taking the bodies. You don't care about the body. You want the soul.
1: That's true. Yeah. You can just leave the body there. Then I can harvest it for the parts for abomination.
0: (laughs) Right. Exactly. They work together. (laughs) Well, it's just a beautiful symbiosis, isn't it? (laughs) I'm going to a couple of honorable mentions. You can't talk about harvesting without mentioning Agricola. I mean, that's a classic farming game. Um you're not only uh, harvesting plants like you're growing vegetables. You're you also can like go and harvest fish from the pond. You can harvest animals and turn them into food to feed your people. in classic Rosenberg style. Um I like Agricola because we have the little shaped Meatballs for everything, and that's like the best thing ever to make my little animals play and run around.
1: <laughs> yeah, you do like that.
0: A- another really, um, I think, good farming type game that has really fun components to play with is Takenoko. Um That game, you are growing bamboo, and then it gets harvested by the panda who eats it. But they're so cute. And you stack those little things up as they grow, and then you... Pull them off as you harvest them. That's
1: true. That bamboo is... Or the the panda is good at harvesting. Probably He's... better than that stupid little uh, farmer.
0: Yeah,
1: that's true. Uh, Lagranja is a good one with some uh, harvesting. Because this is, game is all about producing in your little farm. And then taking those goods, putting them in a wheelbarrow, harvesting, and transporting them to town to sell. So you're trying to grow olives. You're trying to grow wheat. I think there's one more um well you're also slaughtering pigs and turning them into meat so you're harvesting the meat out of the pig it's a good game it's it's got the same kind of farming feel as agricola but it's got a little more going on but the farming and harvesting is kind of the same concordia um that's one that's on the list and you're using different cards that are going to let you harvest or produce different types of goods from certain types of buildings like if i build a building on the 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 food building then i can when i play a card i can harvest some wheat from that building put it on my board so i can use it later that kind of thing uh and then one that we talked about that's not on the list is euphoria from oh. somire and um basically you can go to the mines there's a, like four different mines i think you can go to the mine and you can produce different goods there's a mine that gives you water you go to the mine harvest some water you go to this other mine you'll harvest some electricity wouldn't it be a
0: well not a mine
1: They're called mines. I don't know. Oh, okay. You you go to the other mine, you harvest electricity somehow. You go to the other farm. One of them is a farm and it gives you fruit. And then there's another mine, I think, in the clouds that gives you bliss. So drugs. You get drugs, fruit, water, and electricity from these mines and farms. I don't know how you do it, but Hmm. you get it. So the last one that we're going to talk about is, could be a stretch. We'll just say that right right here. (laughs) Right up front. But... It's called Zolkin, and the reason that it's on here is from the corn. So the only thing you're really harvesting in this is corn. I guess you're kind of getting wood as well, because up in the one space you can go and you can take a little wood token, and you can use that to turn it into some other things. But after you've cut down the wood, then you can go and harvest the corn and get corn tokens so you can feed your people. So harvesting is not a huge mechanism. But it plays a big role because corn can also be on the gear as it spins around. And if you become first player, you get all the corn on the gear, you harvest all that corn. So there is some harvesting, but I don't think it's as big as some of the other games we've talked about. But it is in there.
0: That's true. I mentioned it because the corn is is so important, I feel like, to the game. Like, you've got to have corn or you're not not really going to get anywhere. Um, oh, yeah,
1: you're not gonna feed your people and you're gonna be in trouble.
0: Yeah, so that's why that's why I mentioned Zulkin. But I know there are lots of other games out there that deal with farming. Like people always complain about how like, oh, all the games are trading the Mediterranean are your farming games. Well, we've only mentioned what? 11, 12, maybe. So tell us what are your favorite harvesting games? I also don't know if it's harvest time where you are, so I'd love to hear about that too. Because I'm a nerd and I love to learn new things, so tell us on our Facebook page, or even if you're not a member of our Facebook group hashtag The Riveted, we would love to have you there. Um, just great talking about games, um, people posting new games they get, games they've found, games they've played, um, just giving suggestions, good advice. It's just a great a great place on Facebook where there aren't that many great places on Facebook anymore. Um, if you like to share pictures, Instagram, let's see those farming harvesting games in action. Like in my mind, when I was trying to put together my list, I'm like, I know there are a ton of games where you get your little play raid and one of the phases of the game is harvest. I know it. And I feel like I couldn't think of hardly any. So send us some snapshots of that. Um, tweet out your harvesting games and let us know. Give us an at on that. Um, or comment on YouTube, or show us some video. Um, Maybe remind me and comment on our videos of harvesting games. Like, hey, dummy, this is a harvest game. You forgot this one. No matter how you do it, we uh, love to hear from you, love to hear your feedback. There are so many games that I see you guys posting in different ways and talking about that I'm like, oh, that looks good, or I didn't know about that, or I've heard of that, and now I actually see it, or Um, We tend, as humans, like to take the word of a testimonial from someone that we know if something is good or bad or worth our time. So I I love to get feedback from you guys um, to know what games I should be looking out for. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. And um, as always, check out our friends over at the Board Game Rundown. They do a pretty good video show where it's topical, maybe some interviews, they do unboxings, reviews, all that kind of thing that, you know, normal board game channels do. Um, But go check them out. They're good guys and their channel is enjoyable, but not too enjoyable, just a little enjoyable.
0: Right. And uh, kind of sneak for those of you that are listening in, I don't know, real time, not super real time, but as we post these podcasts, um, we're heading to Origins at the end. We'll be at Origins, I guess, when this episode drops. Um, So if you're around, come find us. We'd love to meet you. Um, But our next episode will center around what we found, what we saw at the Origins Convention.
1: Yeah. uh, I wonder if they have, do they have harvesting in Canada? They have farms in Canada? They know what farming is?
0: They at least harvest maple syrup from trees.
1: That's true. Is there a game
0: about that? There should be a game about that.
1: I don't know. I was just wondering that when we were talking about the other stuff, what Canada does for farms.
0: I'm sure they have farms.
1: Just maple leaves and maple syrup. What Tim th- Hortons—they harvest Tim Horton donuts. Oh my
0: gosh, no one's harvesting <laughs> maple leaves either. Like, what are you gonna do with the leaf?
1: I don't know. Turn it into donuts. Make it make their crazy money out of it. I'm know.
0: sorry, Canada. I apologize <laughs> on behalf of the board game mechanics.
1: I haven't made fun of Canada for a while. It felt time since last week.
0: <laughs> um, I think we're done here. Before Canada we, gets before Canada gets really mad,
1: yeah, that's true. It would take a lot to make them mad if we haven't done it yet. I mean,
0: you don't know. they could be leaving the group in droves,
1: so we go from five people down to four. Hmm.
0: I said droves, so like five people to three.
1: <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just messing with Canada. I, I like Canada. it's fine. It's, <laughs> it's like, fine. it's like America, but not nicer. Yeah, it's true. They have some good stuff that I wish we had here. (laughs) Mostly, I'm just
0: jealous. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. All right. I think that's enough zany banter out of us tonight. I've been Katie.
1: And I'm Jason.
0: Keep gaming, everybody. Keep gaming. Even you, Canada. Maybe not
1: Canada. Maybe not Canada.
0: Are they harvesting Canadian geese? I wish they would. Because we can't hear.